Welcome to Revival is Here Again with Apostle Goodhart. God is about to speak directly to you as this message is guaranteed to impact your life. As you listen today, expect that God's Word has been sent in your direction to bring about revival, healing, restoration, and transformation. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me to receive God's Word through His choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart O. Equeme. Psalm 50 verse 5. Today is a very historic day in the destiny of Roger and Home Global. Honestly, this is one of those sermons you preach once and you wish you can play it back verbatim. And today I will try to be systematic. So the Bible says line upon line and precept upon precept. Very intention to bring up an understanding because I've prayed about this and I trust the Lord that the devil will not get a hold on somebody's mind to misconstrue the very intent and purpose of this particular teacher. Psalm 50 verse 5, we'll read together and then we'll go to Psalm 126, 5 to 6, Psalm 50 verse 5. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The Amplified Classics reads thus, <laughs> Gather together to me, my saints, those who have found grace in my sight, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Shall we read together Psalm 126? I want to hear you, 5 and 6. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing the precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Mm. For an assignment this morning, the turnaround power of sacrifice. Our Father, thank you for blessing our gathering already with your sweet presence. Very tangible, very palpable. Thank you for blessing the reading of your holy word. I beseech you again to bless the teaching and perhaps the preaching of the self-same word. I ask for strength, vigor, vitality, wisdom to speak your counsel today. Move every man, woman, boy, girl in this room and those who are loved from across the nations. From where we are to the place called destiny, we vow to give you the praise, the glory, the honor. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Somebody shout a big amen. It has been said that giving is living. How true. It's been said the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea because it allows stuff to come into it but not go through it. As a result, it's no movement. It's still a lot of debris and all kinds of dirt are trapped in the Dead Sea. The Bible declares in Acts 20:35. In the words of Jesus, Apostle Paul quoting says, in the words of Jesus, they said, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. We've said over and over, that givers never lack, and givers have their hands on top of the receivers. If you're going to be a giver, your hand is normally on top. Saints, as I said earlier, today is one of those services that I believe that God is really preparing our hearts because of the great plan and intention, I believe, so strongly, to communicate to this house tremendous wealth. 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 And let me put out a disclaimer out there. I am not your typical prosperity preacher. By God's grace, by God's grace, I'm sent to release a sound of revival by God's grace. But however, I cannot but consider the entirety of the full gospel. Hmm. And I realize that even when we deal with revival, there is an element of revival that has to do with wealth. Because revival simply means that the sound is going to the nations. And the two wings that requires to carry that sound, number one of course is the word, the message, number two is wealth and prosperity believe it or not 
Zechariah 117 says that through prosperity my cities my cities shall be spread abroad through prosperity through wealth now this kind of wealth I speak about is money with a mission it's not the typical get-rich-quick scheme for the next house the next bangle the next rest watch the next house whilst these things of their own accord are not bad but they ought to be secondary what ought to be primary is the mission to see the kingdom expanded so we see the purpose of kingdom wealth is to be blessed to be a blessing the tap that is open allows water to flow from its source and thereby it's never clogged the moment the tap is closed water cannot flow anymore at that point in time things can clog the pipe because there's no flow wow as long as your mindset is thus i'm willing to serve as a conduit pipe for heaven's treasure I'm willing to be a trustee of heaven's treasure here on the earth. You will never lack. You will never lack. And I believe with all of my heart that God is said to make some principal financial pillars amongst us. Your amen sounds questionable. If you don't believe for yourself, I believe for myself. I believe. I, I, I love to give. I enjoy giving. And, uh, and, and there's so much to do with finances. I, I, I want more to do more. Oh yeah. More to do more. Honestly. Blessed to be a blessing. He said, Abraham, I'm going to make your name great, but I will bless you and then make you a blessing. Today has been called the covenant day of sacrifice. And I've not in all the years of at least pastoring you called a service thus. And it's not just a figment of my imagination only. No. No. This was as a result of the dealings of the Spirit in my heart about this season we're in now. A covenant day of sacrifice. Gather my saints. Gather them. Gather. Who are they? Those who have made covenant with me by sacrifice. So the way it means to engage covenant is sacrifice. Hallelujah. So I said, I don't think this will, I don't know, will just be a one-off service this year. But I, I'm beginning to think that it's possible that this may form a part of our annual journey with God. One day sometime, maybe more days, I don't know, where God draws us like this into engaging in the place of sacrifice. Saints, by way of clarification, so that I'm not misunderstood, I had made a few statements, which is very, very founded and solid. I said, one way to enter the conference is to ensure that beyond attending, beyond praying, that you have a sacrifice on the altar. So when the fire begins to fall, your sacrifice on the altar will catch fire. Praise God. But God oftentimes reveals in parts. And in my new sins and his dealings with my heart, I begin to see that, wait a minute, this call for sacrifice is beyond just being tied to a conference. Are you hearing me? Please hear me. I, I, I speak sincerely. So, I, I'm seeing now, whether there was a conference or not, there is a call for sacrifice. Why? The altar of sacrifice is an altar of turnaround. Is an altar of divine intervention. It says, turn again our captivity. It says, when the Lord turned around the captivity of Israel, they were like them that dreamed dreams. <laughs> Beloved, I believe with understanding, number one, with faith in your heart, number two, number three, with obedience to this teaching and acting upon it. Guess what? There is coming 
a turn around in your life that will make people around you wonder. You shall be as a people to be wondered at. I thought I hear fire baptized, amen. I thought I hear revive, amen. I thought I hear a believing, amen. Give me free fire baptized, amen. 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 And amen. The altar of sacrifice is the altar of turnarounds. Beloved, the Bible declares in Psalm 1 to 6, 4 to 6, the message translation. Very interesting how he renders this. He says, he says, and now do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives. Hallelujah. So those who planted their crops in despair will shout hoorays. Hallelujah. Hoorays at the harvest. So those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing. Guess what? With arm loads of blessing. That sounds like you I'm speaking to. That sounds like you I'm speaking to. Hallelujah. Saints, I've learned over time that believers can do the right thing. But without the proper commensurate understanding, though what is done is right, track with me please, uh, they lack the fruits of the dividends of the result of doing what is right because of lack of understanding. So today, very simple ways, I want to look at this subject matter of sacrifice. As I mentioned in the first service, in the Jewish annual calendar, they had three feasts that the Lord called them unto. So three times of the year, the Lord called them unto a feast. Number one, the feast, where which was a reminder of their deliverance from the land of bondage, Egypt. What is called the feast of the unleavened bread. The other feast or the feast of the first fruit in the year where they got the first fruit of their of their land they brought to the lord and the third was later in the year the feast of ingathering so thrice but you see in all these feasts and festivals they were not to come to god empty-handed they were to come with substance hear this exodus 23 14 says three times thou shalt keep a feast unto me in the year 15 says thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days. Someone here seven days. As I commanded thee in the time appointed of the month of Abib, for in it thou camest out from Egypt, and none shall appear before me, what? Empty-handed or empty. Even God is saying, I shouldn't come before him empty-handed. Yes. Is it that God wants me to bring something we eat? No. To pay his bills? No. He needs what's in my hand? No. But there is something about what you present to God that is an expression of your worship to him. The Bible makes us understand in Psalm 50, 12 to 14, I believe it is, that the cattle upon the thousand hills, they belong to God. The Bible says, God said, if I was hungry, I will not tell thee, for the whole world is mine, and the fullness thereof. So, everything belongs to God. You come to Haggai 2, 8, 9, thereabout, he says, I will shake the heavens and the earth. He says, the gold and the silver, they're mine. There is only one creator. Everybody is created. Everything is created. Hallelujah. And by nature, the manufacturer has ownership of what is manufactured. So the creator owns all. Revelation 4.11 says that we have been created by him to bring him pleasure. 
Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. For thy pleasure were they created. If you were created by God, it means what you have belongs to God. Did you hear me? The house is God's. The perfume is God's. The heart is God's. Your children, God's. Your wonderful wife, God's. Your husband, God's. You just haven't known it. It belongs to God. And you see, the moment you, you, you learn to relinquish a sense of ownership, you will struggle to maintain it. The church, God's. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. The moment a pastor thinks he owns church, he will keep church. He will have to preserve church from devils, demons, rats, and bats. <laughs> but when you understand the church belongs to God, he keeps it. The car is God's, he keeps it. You know, when you fail to understand the car is yours, it can be a coffin, not for you. When you know the house belongs to God, it, it can be a trap of robbers, not for you. What am I saying? What you commit to God, he keeps. What you keep or what you hold, you have to keep yourself. So we must know that all we have belongs to him. Job 121 says, naked I came, naked I depart. Job was saying, I was born naked, I will die without anything. That means, really, 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 you don't own anything. You can't own anything. Sir, that needs to be ingrained in our minds. I don't own this pair of shoes. I can't own it. Because I'm already owned by God. So what I think I own, he owns. Praise God. You see, this mentality will help you be rightly positioned to release when the owner demands. Did you hear me? When you think the watch is yours, you struggle to keep it. Ah, I've only had one Rolex in my lifetime. But the day came, the Lord tapped me and said, give it to one of your sons. Not a, not a, not a mentor. Not a, no. And the son is here in church here now. He's in church. One of my sons. He wears, I don't have Rolex. He wears, I said, I said, bros, I'm jealous. You're wearing Rolex. But he's a son, a son, a son. Wearing my former Rolex. Rolex. How did I get the Rolex? <laughs> it was a gift. I didn't buy it. Somebody was, it was somebody's, you know how they give you a watch from your days of labor? This, this wicked life. Wickedness. You, you walk for 30 years, they give you a watch. Go, just a watch. For 30 years. You can't walk for God and go empty handed. You cannot. You can't invest your life serving God. You go empty. He ends up with a, a wristwatch after 30 years of your life. They say you're a big man. They give you a watch. Go. That's your uh, gratuity, annuity, or whatever. Two or Watch. So the young man presented to me as a sacrifice, but years ago. And then, you know, those kind of things that is bottom box. But one day, the owner of the watch said, Bros, give it to one of your sons. Say, son? He seems to do it. What is the point? We need to have a mentality that we don't own anything. And we cannot own anything. You see, this is what frees you to live life. It frees you to live life. It frees you to be able to be at first class, but at zero class. And you're still maintaining joy. Paul said, I have learned. He said, Let me. I've learned to abase. He said, Let you learn it. I've learned to abase myself. Yet he knows how he can be a king in the palace if, if that happens at all. Praise God. What am I saying? We must have a stewardship mentality over everything around us. By so doing, it's easier not to be attached to anything. The moment we begin to get attached to something, it is gradually fighting and contending for the place of God in your heart. And it's very likely for God to free you. He may demand for it. So, am I... You know how you we share this thing before. Just that nice orange or purple shoe. You just there's there's something around that purple shoe. You just something you, wait, you just smile. Yeah, you see, this purple shoe, this this orange shoe. 
Am I talking to myself or something? My God, my God, my God. Ah, it's popular. You know, then, then the owner will tap you. This purple thing, give it to me. You know why? It's messy. So the purple shoe will not take his place in your heart. Come, on. if you get this, you'll be free. You see, when you get this, God can trust you with anything. Money will be an, not be an issue. He knows you're entrusted. You know, those servants in kings' palaces that look after the concubines, yeah, of the king, the, uh, the concubines, the wives of the king, you know, um, eunuchs, they were typically castrated. So they castrate. You don't want to say it, right? Okay, so the ladies are not too free to say it. But the point to be made is this. Yeah, I dare to be crude. They cut off the possibility of pleasure. Possibility of pleasure with the king's concubines. So the king became comfortable and confident with him amongst the women. Because he knows no matter what desire rises, you can't do. Enaba, you're here. We're going somewhere. Bring it home to where we are. God is raising, listen, principal pillars of wealth. I'm, I'm smelling this thing too. I'm not, it's not hearsay. Principal pillars of wealth. But guess what? He is by this act of sacrifice and by teachings and training, he is beginning to castrate us spiritually. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Oh, man, I could take it, take it. That means you'll be in the midst of plenty. You don't desire. Sincerely so. Houses, maybe, cars, maybe, but no desire. Because you know you are in custody of these things. There are two ways to be wealthy. I wish I had time. No, next week we will teach a few things here. You see, two ways to be wealthy. One, it's by man's way and labor. You walk and walk and tall. You, you, you cheat, you trick, you do this. No, but, but, but you see, when God prospers you his own way, the Bible says, Proverbs 10, 10, 22, the blessings of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow whatsoever. So when it is God, it is sorrow free. When it is God, it is tear-free. Why? The bringer is the preserver. And he, quote-unquote, pays you for holding his stuff in trust well. <laughs> the young man who spoke about a moment ago, Pastor Ayo he'll be here in the evening time, 5.30. He's one of such kingdom trustees. Is five something, five, nine, five, ten, brief. But this guy is a man of means by God. Doesn't dress it, doesn't talk, doesn't look, no. Very, very, very understated. But he knows he's God made for the kingdom. That's the kind of thing we're talking about here. It doesn't come by wishful thinking, no, it comes by covenant practice like what did you now praise the lord somebody praise the lord somebody i preached some two weeks ago a message called no sacrifice no fire and there i trying to point out that every altar requires a sacrifice to attract fire from on high when the fire comes the fire is looking primarily for sacrifice to consume to burn no sacrifice no fire what's an altar an altar is a meeting place between a divinity and humanity huh. our great patriarchs of old they knew to build altars the altar that abraham built from time to time were memorials of the place he encountered god Great men built altars. Altar. Altar. Lay stones. 
sacrifice fire less stones sacrifice fire and each of those altars there was something hovering around them because the encounter that God had with man altar a sacrifice completes the altar and I was saying in the first service that a people of altar please get this right a people of altars are a people of intimacy with God you know when you study the life of Saul study it Saul hardly built altars David a man of altar Abraham altar Jacob altar so those who walk with God intimately will typically be a people of altar and by extension a people of sacrifice very important and God is saying to us we're in a season where there's a call for us to walk intimately with him Daniel 11 32 they that do know the Lord that God shall be strong they'll do exploits so therefore part of the intimacy requirement is this matter of altar can the Lord trust you in certain areas of life said in the first service again I want to be very systematic very intentionally so just go line upon line so that we'll clear all doubts in minds hallelujah Moses was sent by God to Pharaoh and he went to Pharaoh to place a demand on Pharaoh to release the people of God so that they can meet with God in the wilderness Exodus 5.3 is one of such accounts please write down Exodus 5.3 and they said the God of the Hebrews hath met with us let us go we pray thee three days journey into the desert or wilderness and sacrifice unto the Lord our God lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with sword so what Moses said to Pharaoh was this leave us alone so we can go into the where where wilderness not Canaan wilderness to do what to sacrifice in other references to this demand says let us go that we may go into the wilderness to worship God to worship God to worship God so by inference to worship God requires sacrifice are we here in fact to worship God is sacrifice are we here praise God and I pointed out I want to point out to us again that God's mission to deliver us by extension but to deliver the children of Israel from the land of bondage land of bondage land of bondage sickness disease sin all that stuff wasn't just to take you to Canaan all right ultimately to take you to Canaan but before going to Canaan he proposed a stop a mid-stop please listen carefully this mid-stop is necessary if you're going to enter here well what happens here is a place of encounter it's a place of worship it's a place of sacrifice it's a place of intimacy it's a place of knowing God Exodus 19 1 says in the third month when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt the same day same day they came into the wilderness of Sinai same day verse 10 19 10 and 11 and the Lord said unto Moses go into the people sanctify them this wilderness of Sinai this is not this is not Canaan it's wilderness sanctify them today and tomorrow let them wash their clothes be ready against that day for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai in other words God was saying Moses go and prepare my people to meet with me oh boy so it is meeting with God that gives you the grace the enablement to come into Canaan and dispossess Canaan of his giants like somebody once said there's no heaven without Jesus 
it is Jesus that makes heaven heaven. It is God's presence in your Canaan that makes it Canaan. So Moses said, except you go with me, leave me. I'm not going. There's no point in going to Canaan without you. He knows that it is this encounter with God that brings you successfully into your Canaan. So before you think of your promised land, listen, think of encounter, think of intimacy, think of knowing him. They that do know the Lord that God shall be strong, they will do exploits. Is that a bit clear? Praise God. Let's go deeper. What is sacrifice? Well, what sacrifice is not? Sacrifice is not a way to help God meet his kingdom needs. You know, you can think that this boy is just pushing this because the conference is at the, around the corner. There are many needs. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, sir. No, sir. No, sir. With every sense of humility, yet sense of responsibility. No, sir. No, sir. It's beyond conference. It's beyond seven, seven days. No, it's beyond that. It, it is the fact that I know that God is getting ready to make us here and then he's calling for this is a test that will be passed to bring you into a new turnaround new levels the question is abraham will you pass the test genesis 22 verse 1 and god tested abraham bring Moses to my moriah and isaac to my moriah and there sacrifice him the passing of the test guarantees the blessing beyond the test so sacrifice is a spiritual system to bring God's people to a drastic and dramatic turnaround. Psalm 126 again. I want this to get into our hearts. Psalm 126. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, at the streams, sorry, as the streams in the south, they that sow in tears shall reap what? Enjoy. So you sow in tears, you reap in joy. You sow in tears, you reap in joy. You sow in tears, you reap in joy. Saints, it is true that we're um, taught in scriptures, 2 Corinthians 9, 10 I think it is, that says that God loves a cheerful giver. But once he loves a cheerful giver, listen carefully, don't miss this one though. God accepts a tearful giver. Not cheer, tear. Do you hear Tear. Tear means you decry. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever come to a point in your walk with God? He, God, not man, not, not a pastor manipulates you. You know it's God. God placed a demand on your life. To give something you know, it shook you. In fact, you literally cried. If you didn't cry physically, you were crying inside. Raise your hand if you've been there before. Okay, you haven't been there before. Raise your hand. You haven't been there before. You have not been there before. Ah, uh, you're still growing up. Keep growing. It will happen. It's part of growing up in, in the faith. It's part of it. You know why? Those are ways he tests where your love is. It's okay to sing, I love you, Lord. But you see, if you sing it and it can't prove it, your love is questionable. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So while he loves a cheerful giver, he also accepts a cheerful giver. 9-7. What is sacrifice? Let's look at 2 Samuel 24, 24 and 25. We'll look at the case in David's life. Second Samuel 24, 24 to 25. Story told here, David had sinned and on account of his sin, a curse came over the land. Judgment visited the, the, the people of God and the Lord in his mercy through the priest God told David what to do to, to, to assuage the curse, to push back the curse, to break the siege over the land said hey guy you know you messed up say yeah you, you better go and sacrifice and give him what to do so David came 
to the house of Aronah, Arana, and um, Arana, you know, saw the king very impressed. Look, oh king, you want to sacrifice? Take the land, take the oxen, do what you want to do. And David says here, hey guy, I can't give to God something that hasn't cost me anything. But let's go here. We're not there. And the king said unto Arana, nay, but I will surely buy it. That means I won't take it for free. I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Say with me, at a price. Oh, Roger, at what? Good, at a price or at a cost. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. Cost me nothing. So David bought, David bought, David bought, David bought, he paid. David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. He paid for it in full, no discount. And David built, built. Then altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. So here, in obedience to this sacrifice, it pushed back the plague that was ravaging the, the nation of Israel. A mercy broke through. There was a turnaround on account of obedience of this sacrificial given to the Lord. I think many of us, maybe myself inclusive, without knowing this truth, if we really were in this position of David and you went somewhere, maybe I went to Pastor Dad and said, Dad, um, the Lord said, Sacrifice. Dad said, Ah, take now. Okay, no, take it. No, just take it. This car, just take it. Take it. You know, it's easy to receive it. I said, Ah, finally, I've got sacrifice. But David said, It cost him something, but cost me nothing. Oh. If it was him going to sacrifice, that car, that house, God will hear. But he gave, he gave it to me. So I won't collect free. I ask, what is the value? What is the worth? Why? I won't give to my God freebie. And that's what many, I think, will do. Maybe myself as well. Until with this better light. David said, no, 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 no. Whatever I'm going to give to God, it must cost me. So number one definition of what sacrifice is, that would cost you something. It's a cost. Write it down. It's a cost. It's a cost. C-O-S-T. has a price tag. And as we speak of sacrifice, please listen carefully. I want to help us with the balance. It's never about equal giving. It's about equal sacrifice. Equal cost. I use the same illustration in the first service as I will now. A man who earns salary of 10,000 naira for the sake of argument 10,000 naira 10,000 naira and it gives to God an offering of 1,000 naira sounds very big but by the side is somebody who earns 1,000 naira 1,000 naira but gives to God an offering of 500 naira in case you're not aware that's 50% of his income first one is 10% of his income while 1,000 naira is by far bigger than 500 naira listen listen in the eyes of God this man Sacrifice more than that man. The widow who threw her husband in the offering basket gave more than the rich man. The point is, beloved, at every place we are in our journey with life, and life is in phases, men are in sizes. The path of adjustment shines brighter and brighter. At every point in your walk with God, there is something you have to sacrifice. Do you hear me? Oh, yeah. Something. The widow of Zarephath did not know she had something to sacrifice. But God sent a man of God to the widow. It's amazing what God does sometimes. So I'm sending you to a widow to sustain you. What? You think you send you a palace to sustain him? No, a widow. And he shows up at the widow's house. Here the widow was about to eat and die. She said so. I have two sticks. My last meal. I want to make bread. I have my son who eats and die. The man of God said, give me water. As he went to get water, he said, give me food. This guy's a cruel pastor. He said, this man of God, don't you have feelings? <laughs> it wasn't about having feelings. I believe that God was engaging a principle of sacrifice from this woman. It wasn't so much of the prophet in need as much as the woman who is in need. The Bible is clear. When she gave him first, we're told that she had enough not only to eat with her son but for one no for three years throughout the duration of famine in the land this woman had child 
didn't lack anything. So, the law of multiplication kicked in as they were eating what looks like it's about to finish one year, two years, three years. What happened? She laid down something very sacrificial. You're wondering, why didn't God do it any other way? I don't know. That's just the way he did it. Hallelujah. There is a difference between offering and sacrifice. Offering and sacrifice. The Bible declares in 2 Corinthians 9, 10, Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Please underscore these words. Please, please. Don't lose focus. Seed. Say with me. Seed. Bread. And fruits. Fantastic. Alright. So seed is what you sow. When you sow seed, you get harvest. And bread primarily is what you eat. Typically, you don't sow your bread. It's for eating. But you see, look at Ecclesiastes 11 verse 1, the preacher. Please write down. Take time, go back home, see the scriptures. I'm being very systematic, very intentionally. Ecclesiastes 11 1. Cast, that's like sowing. Cast thy bread, not seed, upon the waters. For thou shalt find it after many days. So there comes a point in time where there is a demand not just to sow seed which is normal seed time and harvest Genesis 8.22 but there could be a demand of God per time per season where he's not asking for just your seed only but he's asking for your bread now that bread speaks of something sacrificial that's what the widow said in 1 Kings 8.17 widow of Zarephath she said all I have is one meal I will eat and die. That's not just seed. That is bread. But God through the man who said, give it to me first. First, first, first. She gave it. And they get whatever. So that's a demand for bread. Track with me. Psalm 126, where we've been reading, verse 6. Please listen. He that goeth forth and weepeth. What? Bearing, was that? Not seed though. So this seed is now qualified. What qualifies it is precious. It's a sacrifice. It's bread. Precious seed. Shall doubtless come again. You're coming again. Oh boy. In this year of revive to revive, you will come again. There will be a ton again. In the month of March, a ton again. In the month of April, a supernatural ton again. In the month of May, June, a ton again. On account of sowing precious seed. You can't beat God giving. You cannot. Small lunch of a young lad in his hand will end up as big as lunch. But five loaves surface placed in the hands of Jesus. The power of limitation is broken. He broke it. He gave it. It began to multiply. Began to multiply. Began to multiply. That's how your sacrifice in the hands of Jesus, if you really understand and do it, will begin to multiply and multiply and multiply. You'll be turning again and again and again. It shall be said, God has done great things for them. Turn again our captivity. When the Lord don't turn around the captivity of logic and heart, we shall be, my God, like them that doth dream dreams. I mean, the places God has brought me to, I won't lie, is like I'm dreaming. This, this place is like I'm still dreaming. I, 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 will, I, will not, I will not lie to you. When I see the building there, I'm, I'm being honest and sincere. I said, is it real? 
See today, Tolu, I've told me that, say, is he really there? Is he really standing? I drive from the beginning of the road, just by family worship, and I see something standing, intimidating. Seven floors. I, I said, are we, do we know who owns, are we there? Who are, who are those there? May God turn around your captivity. May you be like them that doth in dreams. That marital siege, on account of your sacrifice, I decree and declare by the mercy of God, a forceful turn around. The turn around blessing of sacrifice. Gather my saints unto me who have made covenant by sacrifice. Listen, this is no preacher's gimmick to get money. No, sir. Ask my wife. It's something we've lived for years. It's, it's countless. You know why? You don't sacrifice once and for all. No. You, you, you sacrifice again and again. When he demands it, you believe that. Whatever it is. Praise God. Those I did one last year, two years, three years, four years. No, that's renew the fire. So it can be turned again and turned again. Just continue to turn again until you're perpetually turning again. <laughs> Praise God. Shout hallelujah. Let's read Psalm 126 together as a family. When you read, put yourself there. See, this is you. One, two, three, go. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Turn, then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord had done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Somebody shout a big amen. Hallelujah. Let me try to help you. It's not every giving or every sacrifice that is acceptable unto God. Bible declares in Philippians 4.18 But I have all and abound. I am full having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you an odor of a sweet smell is sweet before the Father. Is sacrifice acceptable? Well pleasing to God. So before you begin to contemplate what you are going to do by way of sacrifice, if you've done so, that's fa fantastic. Based on your conscience, you know, uh, I want to share with you a few keys and pointers to help you so that you, you, you do this with understanding and then you can maximize the benefits of this turn around blessing of sacrifice number one when you sacrifice give your best give your isaac not your ishmael oh yes oh yes don't give god that lame duck or that blind chicken one eye uh. malachi one seven to eight please write down Malachi 1, 7 to 8. You offer polluted bread upon my altar. See, bread is bread though. You see that one thing? Bread, sacrifice. But, and you say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that you say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, see that? Blind for sacrifice. Is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? After it now unto say, offer it now unto your governor. Will he be pleased with you, or accept thy person? Said the Lord of hosts. That means that means you you know what is Isaac, but you're you're trying to bribe God with God. Just take just take Ishmael. Just take this 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 shoe that is brought. Just take just, just just he knows. 
Do that to your governor. Will he be pleased with you? How much more the Almighty God? So give God your best. Number two, give what costs you. We've emphasized that. You must have a cost. I say oftentimes, if you feel it, God is likely to feel it, quote unquote. He knows when he's sacrificed, when it's painful to you. So, ah, ah, praise God. He knows. So give what costs you. Don't give up your leftover. Don't give a tip as you do in a restaurant. Abe, take one around. Let's all rest. And know who's fully who. Number three. Give what you have. Not what you're going to have. In other words, a sacrifice is not a vow. When I become a billionaire, I'll give you one billion. When I become, that's a vow. So no pressure at all. You're sacrificing from something you already have. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 8-12, this will help you so you're under no pressure whatsoever. For if there be first a willing mind, 2 Corinthians 8-12, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. So it's what you have that God will demand from Number four, when you sacrifice or give, give in faith. Give out of conviction, not out of being manipulated by a preacher. Or you feel coerced. You feel you are robbed. No, no, calm down. There's nobody with a gun on your head here. You must give your dog, your cat, your house, your plate. No, 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 it's the Holy Ghost. All right, give in faith. Romans 14, 23 says, And he that doubted is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Don't give feeling, ah, if I don't do that, hey, I'm not, no, 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 no pressure. That's not how God works. Give him faith. Give knowing that you're taking your small into the hand of the Almighty God. Is in a better place. It's better to be in the hand of Jesus than to be in your hand. It will, it will finish your hand. The food will finish. The money will finish. Yeah, but it's in the hand of the master, it won't finish. Number five, give cheerfully in joy. Even though cheerfully, sacrificially, let there be an element of joy. Because the only way you can reap is reaping joy. Second Corinthians 9, 7 says, For every man according as he proposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. We read in Psalm 126 that we reap in joy. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. You reap in joy. So as you maintain joy, and joy is not happiness, so you may not be happy when that your best car is going away. Or whatever it is, he may put in your heart, it's going away. You may not be joyful, or may not be happy, but you'll be joyful. Say, my God, I thank you. Can I tell you something? The truth be told is this. If you live this as a lifestyle, listen, listen, listen. Even when you release that which is painful, if you're a true believer, if you are, and I believe we are, you will be left with a sense of joy that, higher. you just know that God helps you, God has helped you graduate. What do I mean? You are bigger than what you laid down. I pray God gives you understanding though. I pray. You are bigger than what you laid down. What you're not able to lay down may be bigger than you. Jesus said, have power. To lay down my life and power to take it up again. May God give you power to lay down that thing he said to lay down. Turn around. Blessings of sacrifice. Number six, give with a heart and a motive to honor God with your sacrifice rather than to bribe him for a blessing. You're already blessed as a believer in New Testament. I give you Bible free of charity, Ephesians 1 3. You're blessed with every blessing. Spiritual blessing, heavenly blessing, you're already blessed. So we're not given to get from God. No, 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 no. We're given in honor. Given in honor of Jesus. Because he placed a demand, we're doing it. We love you. The air we breathe is from you. I trust you with my future and my now. So don't give to cajole God to, to buy a blessing. No, you're blessed. We give in honor to him. Finally, number seven, give by the leading of the spirit. Start over and over, you're under no pressure whatsoever. Slips are placed in your hand for you to pray through. Ask the Lord by His Spirit 
husband and wife consult. What is God telling you? What is God telling me? They will do it without Kurukuru eye. But I said in the first service again, it's unlikely going to be the devil that will tell you to give that thing that pains you. It will likely be God. Just in case he tells you, my son, it's your Isaac I want. I bind you in the name of Jesus. No, don't bind the Holy Ghost. Allow the Holy Ghost to deal with you and come to the place of I've arrived. Because of what is on the other side, we're going to obey God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed? Some of the things that happen at the altar of sacrifice is the God of heaven to release a sworn blessing. As in the case of Genesis 22. As Abraham laid Isaac down, the Lord released a word. Said, in blessing I will bless you. And that was a turnaround for Abraham's life. I want you to bow your heads very quickly, very briefly. In two, three minutes, just ask the Lord what perhaps you have you do. If you have already, and you feel satisfied with what you've done, to God be the praise. He's asking you to do something else, to God be the praise. Those slip in your hand that to help you, just document for the sake of expressing your faith. Lord, I hear you, and I believe you. This is what I'm going to do in response to this teaching and this conviction in my heart. As you do that, I'm going to in faith release the blessings found in Psalm 20 over you. One more minute as you allow the Holy Spirit to breathe upon you. Oh yes. Don't replace Isaac for Ishmael. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Father, we receive grace to just hearken to your leadings and dealings in this hour. Grace to pass the test. As Abraham passed that test in Genesis 22. Oh, grace as a family. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Would you trust the economies that are failing more than you trust God? Would you? Would you? Father, we'll give you praise and glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please rise up on your feet. As I release Psalm 20 as a blessing to us all, then we engage the table of covenant. One of the things that happen in making of covenant is that the parties who make covenant enjoy what is called a covenant meal, a covenant meal together to seal the covenant by God's grace. We want to do just that. As these words come your way, release a thunderous amen. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. May he send you help from the sanctuary. May he strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all thy offerings. May he accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to thine own heart. And fulfill all thy, all thy counsel. We'll rejoice in thy salvation. And in the name of our God, we'll set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven. With the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but the Rogic family, the home family globally, we will remember the name of our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save Lord, let the King hear us when we call. Release your prayer language for one minute. I'm praying the Holy Ghost. Liko to barata sa, leke nemanasas, brakata bala. May the Lord honor your obedience. May the Holy Ghost grant you grace to pass the test. Marote, It is unto you, Lord, we lay sacrifices for this season, for the turnaround you speak about. We give a praise.
We believe that you have been tremendously blessed by the ministry of Apostle Goodhart Obi Ekweme. It is our conviction that this message has begun a mighty work in your life, and we pray that the grace for prompt obedience to the Word of God will rest upon you. We look forward to hear and celebrate your testimonies with great expectations.